Right then. Good morning. Morning. Well, God's been speaking to us already, hasn't he? Do you have a sense of expectation? Does a video kind of sent you to sleep? It kind of lulls you. Does he think, oh, video? I just, I just kind of wondered to myself why you've decided to spend the next 30 minutes of your life sitting in this room. Why? No, why? But, I mean, maybe you've heard about this God, this, this, this Jesus, and you're, you're kind of vaguely interested and you wonder what's going on in church. You know, that's, that's why I've come. Maybe you're here because you feel you ought to be here. You know, I need to earn some brownie points so that, um, you know, if the end of the world comes soon, at least God knows that I went to church. Get the approval of man. Get the approval of God. Perhaps you're worried that God will reject you if you don't come to church. It's not the God I know. Perhaps, uh, perhaps like me, you've been to church every day for the last 51 years and the nine months before that. <laughs> and the next 30 minutes will just be part of that Christian white noise of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of... How many people have been to church more than 50 years? Yeah? Yeah? Brothers and sisters, this morning it's not going to be white noise. I believe the Holy Spirit has already started speaking through the body. Have a sense of expectation, because today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as we have already, as we have already heard. The Holy Spirit longs, he longs to speak to us individually and corporately. He longs to. I believe these next 30 minutes of our life could be very significant. God's already been laying a foundation in what he's been saying to various members of the body that he wants to do business with us this morning. He doesn't want to do that in a scary way or an embarrassing way, but he does want to do business with us. Shall we pray? Father, without your Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Father, Everything I bring is just words without your spirit, Lord, without your anointing. And Lord, all we hear will be just words and noise. If you do not anoint our ears, Lord, to hear your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray. Confirm the word that you have already spoken to us during the worship. Father, May this be a precious, precious time. Amen. Amen. There's really three groups of people that I'd like to speak to this morning, and I'm just so thrilled that God has already been speaking to us this morning because, uh, scarily enough, it confirms a lot of what I've already been jotting down. So it kind of makes you wonder whether actually God might be real. And we're not just fooling ourselves. There's an outside chance this could be true. It really is. An outside chance this could be true. But who do I want to speak to? I want to speak to three areas. I believe the Lord wants to speak to three areas of people this morning. Firstly, people who don't yet know Jesus as their Lord. They're not yet followers of Jesus. The Lord wants to speak to you. And through Bill, God has already got your attention. And we are a church that's going to preach the gospel. Amen. 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 We're going to preach the gospel with signs following. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Gets a bit messy. 
You can always watch the Grand Prix on BBC Three at seven o'clock tonight. Although, of course, we'll be here for the prayer meeting, won't we? Amen. Because God will be here. I don't want to miss it. Also, secondly, I want to ask people, I talk to people who continually want to ask God questions. I want to question God about this. I want to question God about that. And thirdly, I want to speak to people who've been following Jesus for many, many years. What is there fresh that God has to say to us lot? So firstly, people who want to know more about Jesus. We saw on the DVD, as I say every time, that is just one person's uh, thoughts on how it was, and it can be helpful. But Jesus, they said to Jesus, what is the most important commandment? What is the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the other bit of news is that will be worked out by loving your neighbour as yourself. You see, Jesus didn't question God's existence. He just got straight in there. God is real. He made this universe. He created the tides. He created the seasons. He made you and I. Before we were even born, he made us and formed us. This God is real. He made mankind. He made us. Every man and woman that's ever walked on this earth was created by God. And God longed to have a relationship with people. But you see, we messed up, didn't we? We sinned. We did bad things. We, we rebelled against God. We have gone our own way, the Bible says. All have turned to their own way. All of us. Even the nicest, charitablest person that you know has rebelled and turned against God. And that has separated us from God. And there is no way, no matter what we do, there is no way that we can get back into that relationship with God. There is only one way, and that is through the man, Jesus Christ. The Son of God, who God sent down to this earth to live the perfect life, to die death for us, and God raised him from the dead. That way, God has made a way. As Bill so rightly said, don't just worry about the body. One day we will have to give an account. Now, whether it's the great white throne or not, we can have a great theological debate about that, but we will have to give an account. And I'm so, so, so grateful that when I get there, I'll have to give an account, but in it all I'll say, but Jesus, Jesus has covered. Jesus has covered my, my sin. There's no, greater, there's no greater message that Jesus has paid the price for us. So, okay, Jesus paid a price for sin, so, so what? Well, that demands a response. Isn't there a book, wasn't there, Love, that dis- demands a response? As Bill was saying, it demands a response. What are we going to do? As John came up here, when was the last time John stood here and did that? Anyone know? Not in the last three years. Why? Because God wants to get your attention. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to meet Jesus Christ as your Lord. Today is the day to get back into that correct relationship with God and, for, and just to see what fantastic, not just what fantastic life he has for you, but to get yourself right with God. There's nothing, there's nothing more important. That's got to be our heart next week as we get together with our brothers and sisters from other churches. As Tom preaches the word, yes, we want to build up the church and equip the church. And those who know me near, know me, know my passion is to see the church built up and equipped. But firstly, people need to get saved. They need to know Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour. All you have to do is say, Lord, I am sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry. 
And repenting, as we know, it means turning in the other direction and taking a new direction back to God. You don't do that on your own. The Holy Spirit will help you. We say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. Can I come back into a relationship with you? And you can have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. That's only part of it, though. He calls us to be baptised in water, a visible sign of the washing away of our sins. He calls us to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, to be anointed and equipped for him by him. And he calls us to be added to the church. That is the only way to become a follower of Jesus. And I would just, I would lay the challenge before you. If you are not part of a church, not baptised in the Spirit, haven't been baptised in water, just consider, am I truly a follower of Jesus? That's tough in a world where we're all very selfish and do our own way. We need to be baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Spirit and added to the church, wherever that church is. Because God doesn't just save us individually, he saves us as a body. And one or two folk in this body struggle so much because you do not understand that he didn't die for just for your sins, but he died for you to be part of a body. Crack that one, brothers and sisters, and this room will be too small. It will be too small. So come, get right with God. Will you take up that challenge today? Bill has shared it. John has shared it. In the mouth of two witnesses, it is established. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour today, today is the day. Speak to Steve. He knows the theological stuff. Speak to John because he's very pastoral. If you're a lady, speak to Barb and she'll get very excited. (laughs) It's very important that uh, you get right with God. Is that right? Amen? Yeah? Are you with me? Are we? Yeah. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Woohoo. So that's for those. Now, if, if that's you, just soak in that. Just sit. Just soak that in and just have a little rest while I share the rest of what I'm going to share. Okay. What about those of us that like to hide behind clever questions? We saw that on the video, didn't we? Have you noticed one thing about these videos? They never butted in, did they? You notice in the Bible, we all butt in, yes, but, yes, but. There's not a yes, but in the Bible, except when Christians are talking to God. That's another subject. They just listened. Oh, that I would be one that listened and didn't jump in. But clever question. Firstly, it is good and it is right to ask God legitimate questions. The Bible says, inquire of the Lord. It is a good thing. It's a good thing to seek God's face, to seek answers to questions we have. That is a good thing, and the Bible encourages us to do that. But what I want to do is is just look at those times when we ask questions of God, we ask questions of leadership, we ask questions of brothers and sisters, and it's just a bit of a smoke screen, just to get that discomfort away from ourselves. Often the scriptures show us that when God starts to deal with people, they start asking questions, don't they? The woman at the well, we've preached on that from here many times, and it's a great story. But I just love that bit where, where he says to her, go call your husband. And the woman says, but I have no husband. And Jesus says, yeah, you've had five husbands. The guy you're living with now is not your husband. And suddenly, she wants to open a discussion up on worship. Now, I've been around a charismatic 30-something years, and I'll tell you what, when the heat's on, people love to start a discussion on worship. (laughs) But no. 
when God highlights things, let's not start questioning. Let's start receiving what God is saying to us. Let's not hide behind the smokescreen. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, Steve was unpacking that for us a few weeks ago, and I think he's touching on it again next week. These two factions, they weren't the best of mates, um, but they were pretty religious. They were kind of like the pseudo-political leaders of their day. And uh, in one sense, they were puppets of the Romans, because remember, all of this video, and the whole of, more importantly, the word of God, this was all based within the pressing power in the land. So what do you have? You had these little puppets that were trying to keep their power, to keep the control, to, to keep the people oppressed so they could continue in their fine robes and could continue with the temple and continue in the, um, not tabernacle, the other one, Sanhedrin, that's it. <laughs> it's getting better every day. But they wanted to retain their authority. They wanted to retain their privilege. And what's the best way of doing that if you're in responsible leadership you suppress people and Jesus came it said the common people heard Jesus gladly but you've got these Pharisees and these Sadducees they're not the best of mates so they use questions they use questions to try and trick Jesus to try and hide behind him Jesus says the most phenomenal things to them and then the scripture ends but they could not find anything in which to trip him up they knew that he was getting right to the heart of the matter. You see, when God starts to challenge us, we can put up our defences, can't we? We do. It's just as, as we get older and we've been in the church longer, we become more professional at how we put up our defences, don't we? We're very clever. Well, maybe it's just me, aren't it? <laughs> but we know the things to do. We know, we, we know how to, But if Jesus is highlighting things to us, now is the time for us to start getting it sorted out. You know, maybe, maybe uh, John or Steve might say to me, oh, Julian, you know, I'm a bit concerned about your attitude or whatever. Oh, yes, that's a very good point, but I really believe God's saying prophetically, dot, dot, dot. No, no, no. Just receive that through love. If you're challenged, something comes up at cell group, and you're, Rrr. maybe just accept it. Just allow the Lord to work on us. It's a good thing. Because if not, that spirit comes in where we're trying to defend ourselves. We can actually find ourselves fighting what the spirit of God is trying to do in our lives. Not a good place to be. Julie and I once had the privilege of, of, of uh, having a chap called Phil Greenslade as our pastor, which some of you will know is a theologian, lovely guy. And uh, I remember him once saying about someone that came to him and asked this really, really complex question. And without going into too much detail, it was about some that had been abused, the revolt, result of this abuse, what should be done, and it was just all over the place. And Phil Greenslade said to this person, I wish you hadn't asked the question. We waste so much time on questions, don't we? So much time. Well, why doesn't, this, why doesn't God move in Herne Bay? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? No, no. Let's follow what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, step by step by step. Not firing pointless questions that bring empty answers. Jesus wouldn't hold with it. He wouldn't hold with it. He faced an impossible question. One chap, seven wives, an impossible question. And what's the point of the answer anyway? He simply says to them, you are wrong. 
You do not understand the scripture and you do not understand the power of God. What a frightening thing to be said to us, to be said to anybody. You do not understand the scripture or the power of God. And I see an analogy here which I I throw out to be weighed, and I genuinely do throw it out to be weighed. I believe that questioning the prophetic can kill, can kill the voice of God through common sense and through reason. There's a sense in which God is saying something to us, but through reason and through logic, it can just be it can just be killed. Well, this chap stood up this morning and said, you know, the paramedics make us better, but we should worry about the afterlife. Oh, for goodness sake, <laughs> what a load of old rubbish. Not at all. Don't don't reason, think about it. Let it rest in your spirit. What was it Barb said about uh, people holding on to promises? People, God has given promises to people and hang on to them as a sense, I want to let those promises go. I'm disappointed. Um, but God says, don't let those promises go. Yeah? Yeah, well, that's just Barb, isn't it? I mean, you know, Barb likes prophetic stuff. No, if it keeps her happy, we'll all smile. I tell you what, brothers and sisters, that could be God. That could be God. In fact, we are supposed to weigh it, aren't we? Anyone get a sense that was God speaking? Yeah? So that's God speaking. But if we go, oh, well, that's just Barb. I was just Julian. He's off on one. He'll grow out of it. It can kill. It can kill. And we must not be a people that kill the prophetic. Yes, weigh it. Prophets are subject to the prophets. Weigh the prophetic word. We mustn't be weird. Oh, God is saying. For goodness sake, let's grow up. You know, not be weird, but let's weigh the prophetic. Because that's going to be part, a small part of how God is going to build this church. It's such a challenge to deal with spiritual insight in a world that is so analytical and so information-based. How foolish is it when God tells us to do certain things? And unwittingly, I find, especially when I'm tired, my mind can kick in and I start taking spiritual truths and trying to work them out with my head. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We need to be wise Friends, I say it, dear friends, we need to be very wise. We have got some exciting stuff coming up in these next few months. Let's receive it in the spirit and let's be people of the spirit. Let's use the common sense and natural wisdom God's given us. Very, very important. But let's never override what the spirit of God is saying. Because the Lord said, renew your minds. And have you on the odd occasion in years gone by had a sense of God saying something and shared that with someone whose mind isn't renewed and they give you lots of reason why not. You know, Lord, I'm believing for a car. I'm believing God for a car. I've got £500 in the bank. God says, give that £500 away. But not to anyone in the church so they kind of sort of find out it was you. That's ridiculous. It makes no sense at all. But if you have a sense that is what God is saying to you, Maybe you share that with your husband or wife or someone close to you. That's the right thing to do. And God says, do it. Then do it. And guess what? God will bless you with a car. This isn't the big American gospel. No, American, sorry. This isn't the prosperity gospel. It's just truth. The kingdom is completely contrary to this. (laughs) Completely contrary. 
But we must weigh, we must weigh things. So Jesus sees through the smoke screen, doesn't he? He sees through the smoke screen of our questions. And he often answers a question with a question. So annoying, isn't it? I find it very annoying. I wish, just wish I get a straight answer. But perhaps your question this morning is, well, if, if God wants to build this church, why don't we see more of this? And why doesn't John do that? Why don't we do this? And how can we do this? Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask me a question instead. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart? Do you love him with all your might? Do you love your wife? Lay down your life for her? Am I willing to submit myself to God's delegated authority? Mm-hmm. Will I humble myself that Jesus will increase and that I will decrease? Is my bank account thoroughly and totally at God's disposal? Oh yes, but you don't understand. When you're retired, you don't have all the money coming in. It's not so easy and it's very difficult and you don't appreciate what it's like. And I've got a young family. You don't appreciate what it's like. And Is our bank account thoroughly at the disposal of the Lord? I challenge myself. I'm not sure. I mean, yes, it is. Challenging days. You know, the, the new Frontiers offering. Here we go. There they are. All having a great time. Wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. And John will go off and have a good time. That's nice for him. Tell you what, we can invest in the kingdom. We can invest in something that we are part of. This, these brothers and sisters are feeding us, and we can enjoy partaking of the fruits of that as well as giving to that. So I challenge myself. I'd much rather give the money to Derek so he can work with the young people or pay more so Steve can do more hours for the church. That's what I'd like to do. But here's a challenge for us to give to the work God is doing worldwide, to the poor, to the needy, to see extension of the kingdom. That's going to challenge my bank bank balance. (coughs) Kingdom doesn't make sense, but it's kingdom. And guess what? As we do, God will bless us. Not because we've, we've, we've got a clever way of manipulating God because it's kingdom principles. Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. He will pour into your lap. Well, not yours, everyone else's. Yeah? He'll pour into your lap because he is a good God and we can prosper in a time when there is a lot of want and need around. Not just to bless ourselves but so that we can be good news to other people. I think that's good news. That's very good news. As we were told last week, do not take God's word on trial. Take God's word on trust. (sighs) A small sentence, but that packs so much power, doesn't it? Don't take God's word on trial, but take it on trust. So, Jesus deals with the Sadducees. Now, you want the joke? Yes, the joke? The sort of 10 to 12 wake everyone up joke? The Sadducees say there is no resurrection, so they are sad, you see. Oh, let me read my notes. <laughs> is it old? <laughs> it's what? <laughs> oh, I love it. It's the only way I can remember it. <laughs> but, you know, they say to Jesus, oh, well, there's no resurrection, and, and there's all these different wives. It's just a mess. Jesus doesn't even get into debate. At the resurrection, uh, uh, uh. He, doesn't, he just speaks the truth. You know what? Sometimes we do need to discuss with people. Other times, let's just tell them the truth. 
We can get so tied up pastorally with her sister's wife's mother did this and they wouldn't do that, so we can't do Just the truth. You know what? I don't understand it. It's a mess. I have no idea how you can resolve your family issues and all your grief and all your debts. But what I do know is that God did something in me. It's not easy, but he's changed my life and he can change yours too. And he's a radical God. He can do wonderful things. Whether he can heal everybody and bless everybody, I just don't know, but he loves you. That's the crucial thing because one day, as we heard, we will have to give an account. We'll have to give an account. I mean, that is frightening, actually. When that's preached properly, it's very scary. Was it Jonathan Edwards? He used to preach back in the 17th century and they used to hold on to the pulpit for the fear of falling into hell. <laughs> wow, that is scary, isn't it? So, yeah, let, let's, let's unpack the word of God together. But let's be careful what questions we ask. So finally, finally, brethren, <laughs> for people that have been following Jesus for, for, for many a year, what, 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 is, what is God maybe possibly saying to us out of this, uh, this passage? Well, Jesus starts by speaking a parable. Now, parables, they are not little children's stories to make the Bible easy. They're not little things in Luke that preachers that haven't really prepared anything properly can take and bring three points out, beginning with P. In fact, Jesus spoke in parables so that people wouldn't understand. Is that right? Yeah? He did, so they wouldn't understand. And then he explained it to his followers. Now, I believe, I believe that's because parables are not stories to help us in encouragement. I believe that parables are the principles of the kingdom. Principles of the kingdom of God. And... Uh, This is the kingdom which we're looking for, to bring in God's rule and God's reign in our lives and to influence the areas in which we we live. So Jesus does explain parables to his followers, and it would take hours to unpack that lot, but I'd just like to have one little little angle I'd like to take on it, and that is that, that our king, our king, our great king, God, Jesus, he's prepared a banquet. It's a wedding banquet. Our God has prepared this banquet. And we, his followers, are invited to that wedding. Remember, the ultimate wedding banquet is going to be when Jesus comes and takes his bride. Who's his bride? Who's the church? Is it the building? No. God's not dead. He is alive. Who's going to win the cup next year? Arsenal. Palace. Palace. Yeah. yeah, Crystal Palace. Now, we want to work in miracles. We're going to pray and that Crystal Palace will not draw my team in the first round. <laughs> so, that, that's, the ultimate, that's the ultimate one. And, and it seemed to me from the DVD that was very much how they were concentrating. But I just want to take a little, a little sort of slightly different angle on it. Because we're told that the people, the guests, were invited because everything is ready. Everything is ready. And God's invitation, as we heard earlier, is to come. Was that something that Kev said? God's, was that right? Invitation? God's invitation was to come? Forgive me if I haven't quite got that right. But the invited guests paid no attention. They walked away. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? Now, hear my heart, because I, I believe there's some sort of little prophetic angles we could, we could take on this. And it's not about losing our salvation. Okay, I'm not going down that route. It's not about how we respond to, to God and, and Jesus as his son. 
It's about when God invites us to act, do we respond? Just look at this in in Matthew 22, verse 4 and 5. We are told everything is ready. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention. They went off, one to his field and one to his business. Note, the invited guests were engaged in legitimate business. It didn't say they went off and had a good sin. It said they went off to legitimate business. Now, last year, it was announced there's going to be a royal wedding. Hurrah! And the majority of the people, including Elton John, knew that they were going to be invited. But there weren't a lot of details about when it was going to be or what the format was or whatever. But we kind of knew there was a a royal wedding was coming. But the expectation was that when the, the invitation dropped on the mat, the expectation was that people would say yes. As we heard last week, they said yes, Lord. They were going to say yes. Now, in that sense, I believe that God is calling us and that there are invitations from God landing on our mats right now. I think the invitation is coming through the prophetic word, through teaching. God is putting out an invitation to us and we have a choice to make on how we're going to respond. To me, this is my, to me personally, I have a sense that there's been an acceleration in the activity of the Holy Spirit in the last five or six weeks. I won't ask for hands up, but I just get that sense. Something's in the air, you know, not being weird, something's up. There's people responding slightly differently, doors opening a little bit. Is the worship a bit better? Is this morning, was that more encouraging with the contribution? Something's up, isn't there? I'm, I'm encouraged. There's enough opposition to go with it, so it must be good, you know. <laughs> but to me, there's a sense of acceleration in the spirit. And uh, uh, maybe even a slight increased sense in God's presence. Tonight, there is a prayer meeting here. And I can honestly say, and you can check with my wife, rather than coming because I feel I need to, and because our video is broken, you can't record Top Gear, so it really is laying down your life. Come on, you know. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but... I have a genuine sense of expectation. Did you hear the word expectation from Fred and from John? I think Steve mentioned it too. There is a sense of expectation. Now, it's not a precious thing. If tonight you've got to get the kids ready for school or you've got to visit your elderly mum, fine. It's it's not a pressure thing. I have a sense of expectation tonight that God is going to speak to us. I'm going to prepare myself this afternoon to prophesy tonight. I trust, I know Steve will. Others, if you're coming tonight... That doesn't mean, you know, forget the tennis and read your Bible all afternoon. It's just relax. Even take ten minutes. Just sit in the bed. Father, we're coming tonight to pray. We're coming tonight to pray for the exciting new thing that you're... A genuine shift as a church. Father, is there anything you want to say? And even today, Steve invites us. Anything you sense God saying? Barb shared. And surprise, surprise. Sheila confirmed the word. It's exciting, isn't it? Isn't that exciting? So tonight is going to be exciting. So we have a choice. Lord says, come. Or, yes, Lord, I've been invited to the banquet and I am going to come. Others in this church have been prophesied over in the last two weeks. And I know 
These men of God are going to respond to that invitation. They're going to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. We had a word of prophecy last week, didn't we? For the church here in Herne Bay. Anybody remember what it was? Steve will quickly whip it up. I hope I've got it right on here. And as Margaret, bless her, on holiday at the moment, said, we were the first church to be prophesied of. Oh, yes. Hmm. Mine's Luke, yours is, yours is Mark. <laughs> okay. This is a word given to us by a brother in uh, Ashford. Good guy. Good, solid guy. And this is what he believed God was saying to us as a church of Beacon. Ready? You have been faithful. You have sown well. You may be small in size, but live outside your limitations and space. Break out. <coughs> Break out. I put, you've been faithful and God is pleased with you. Do not be restricted by a lack of room. Same kind of thing, yeah. You have been faithful. You have sown well. You've sown well. I look around this room. People here who have sown well. I've known John and Fred for 27 years. They have sown well. And Joe, of course. <laughs> yeah. You may be small in size, but live outside your limitations and space. Break out. We have to work out that prophetic word together. What does that mean? Father, what are you saying? What is it to live outside our limitations? Father, what are you... And tonight... We can start to develop that as David and John weigh that and seek God for it. Let's get behind them and pray for them. But how exciting that God is speaking to us here at Beacon. So let's be careful not to go off in legitimate business. Well, it's nice we've got this, you know, maybe things are going to develop, going to change. I mean, how brave is it to do family zone? Every month we're going to do family zone. Still working out how that works, how it fits together, how it, it works in when people come. But what a brave step as a church to do that. Let's get behind that because that is what God is saying. Because it takes guts to do things like that. But we want to, be, we want to respond to what God is saying by his prophetic words. So if God is inviting us, if he's saying, come to this banquet now, let us be careful that legitimate business doesn't block us from doing kingdom activity. I think I'm going to leave the rest of that there. I'll just remind us that David, when we were here about three weeks ago, David spoke quite a powerful word, I felt, about children. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a, that was a powerful word. That was good stuff. And a uh, direct quote here, which hopefully Steve won't check and find I've got wrong. <laughs> but it said... We need to go beyond where we are and not hinder the children coming to Jesus. Wow. And we often say, well, we've only got, really got three children in the church. It's hard. There isn't the dynamic. And how do you draw more people? And how do we cross that bridge? Well, I believe this is what God said. We need to go beyond where we are and not hinder the children from coming to Jesus. Father, show us. How do we unpack that? How do we do that? How do we do that? So... There's lots more I'd like to share, but friends, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is only the Holy Spirit who is going to lead us and guide us, guide our leaders, guide us, help us and equip us 
for the work that we've got ahead. And part of the challenge to me and to us is there's a call, there's a banquet, there's a feast, there's a party on. Am I prepared to respond to the Spirit of God? And when they say come, to come. Should we pray? Spirit of the living God, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that we would be men and women of a different spirit from this world, Lord. Father, we could truly follow your leading. Father, give us courage to make practical decisions as we seek to be a kingdom people. And Lord Jesus, may your name be truly famous in the work of this church. Father, we pray, Lord, would you add men and women and young people and children to this body, true followers of Jesus. Father, pour out your spirit and Lord, speak to us again. Thank you for your word today. Pray that nothing would be lost. And Father, as we gather tonight, speak to us again. Lead us, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there will be tea and coffee through the doors there. Again, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, please come speak to us. Say, Steve and John here. And we're very happy to pray with people and for us to pray amongst one another. Thank you for your attention. See you tonight.